when working on a vision, can you turn your setbacks into superpowers? Stay tuned to find out. Okay, here's the question. How are we dark horses? You know, the ones everyone is betting against, the ones they don't expect to win, place, or even show on the track, and they'll even laugh on us when we talk about trying. How do we show the world our greatness and triumph? Well, that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is The Dark Horse Entrepreneur. My name is Tracy Brinkman. What is up? What is up, my Dark Horse friends and family? Welcome back to your weekly dose of entertainment to finance learning. Me? Well, I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman, and you, that's infinitely more important. You are a driven entrepreneur or one in the making. Either way, you're here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, or just start leveling up with some great marketing, personal, or business results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. That's why I'm coming at you with this big episode today. Today, Rory Douglas shares how he has a passion to help people pursue their purpose and how he and we can turn setbacks into superpowers. Plus, I'm going to let you in on next week's interview guest, who is one of the few women of her generation to reach the rank of colonel in the United States Air Force. Now, I know you want to keep getting uh, all these awesome interviews from these amazing guests I'm lucky enough to bring on the show. So be sure to take a minute to go on down there. If you're getting any value from any of the episodes, go on down there, mash that subscribe button. You know, while you're there, leave us a five star rating and put some kind words in the review. These, uh, subscribes, ratings and reviews tell the podcast platforms to raise us up a little bit in the rankings and help get the word out to more driven entrepreneurs just like you. Now, as per usual, the dark horse corrals are chock full of personal business and marketing G-O-L-D spilling from every corner of the dark horse entrepreneur HQ. So let's get to the starting gates and go. All right. All right. My dark horse friends and family. Today's guest is Rory Douglas. Now, Rory is a life coach and a financial educator. Rory comes from the angle that your dreams are not a figment of your imagination. They are just showing you glimpses of your future. Rory has 20 years experience in the entertainment and investment industry, empowering entrepreneurs to pursue their purpose. He transitioned from entertainment to financial services industry as a financial educator and a high-performance life coach, where he leads and mentors countless ple- countless people. It's good speech. I'm, I'm on a roll already today. Where, <laughs> and this includes CEOs, CPAs, attorneys, and several six-figure earners who run their own organizations. Rory knows that the average American is one or two paychecks away from being homeless, and one in three are in debt. That's why you're going to find Rory traveling around the world, speaking to youth and community organizations, colleges and universities, corporations, as well as ministries and nonprofits. And obviously, with everything going on in the the world today, podcasts. Rory, welcome to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur, brother. Man, thank you, Tracy, for uh, having me, man. It's a a privilege and a pleasure. Absolutely. I want to thank your listeners also, too. Um, You know, just uh, to make a long story short, my name is Rory Douglas, as Tracy was saying. And I'm a financial educator, high performance life coach. I have a passion to help people pursue their purpose in the areas of not just finance, but in the areas of uh, inspiration, motivation. Uh, it's all about, um, you know, energy and, and just basically how to get through. That's what it's all about. I have um, a little over 25 years of experience as an entrepreneur. Uh, 
just to talk about my beginning in school, I was uh, most likely not to succeed. Oh, okay. I kicked out of every elementary school and every high school. And I was labeled a troubled youth. I said label. Okay. I said label because I really wasn't a troubled youth. I was troubled, which means I had a, um, I suffered from a disability that was called dyslexia. Okay. I'd read things backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom is my mentor. Father passed at an early age. So my mom took care of my brothers and my sisters and she worked three jobs and she's my mentor. So during that time of me having that disability, I was a, basically an A student. I could hear and, and pretty much recite everything the teacher was saying. But when it came down to open book or test date, mm. I created an excuse to cause some confusion and get kicked out of, out of class. That's mm. why I was labeled a uh, troubled youth. And when I was roaming the hallways, I was also out there with other troubled youth. And I was pretty much a mentor with those individuals who are labeled troubled youth. I, they looked up to me as a mentor, sure. as a person that was pretty much like a leader. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a lot of dysfunction, but I learned a lot. And I, if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change it because it made me who I am today. But one day, me and my mom was driving down the road in the car and my mother was running late to an appointment and I was in the car with her and she insists that I read the instructions how to get there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told her, made an excuse. She said, no, read them in a very forceful way. I read, I tried to read them and I was reading wrong. So she knew something was wrong at that point. Mm-hmm. So she uh, basically got in touch with the principal and some counselors and I had some testing. That's when I discovered this thing that that was called dyslexia mm-hmm. was the reason why I was uh, having that, that issue. So I always tell people today, you can have a disability, but you don't have to be disabled. And I've noticed in life, we have a lot of people who do have disabilities that do more than people who has no disability. Right. So yeah. I've used uh, the setback in my life as my superpower. I think there's power and vulnerability. So I use it as my superpower. So whenever I'm challenged in life, I basically uh, reflect back on what I dealt with and how I got over it. And I use it to this very, very day. So as I was saying earlier, I have a passion to help people pursue their purpose. And that's what it's all about. And uh, as you were saying in the very, very beginning, that I think right now we're living in a time like never before in America, where the average American is one to two paychecks away from being homeless and one out of three Americans in debt. And the reason I really, really dove into finance is simply because it was something that I actually ran into once again because of a a setback in the tragedy. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, as a young guy, basically coming up, I had a colleague of mine who was was basically in the music industry. And uh, he was pretty heavy in the music industry. And uh, I was basically one of, he was one of my uh, mentors and we were very, very good friends. But he would always tell me, hey, you would do really well in the music business. He says, I get a lot of uh, encouragement from you with my management, my managing rather. You would do good in the business. So I heard what he said, but I kept on doing what I was doing in life. I mean, I, I worked a lot of odd and in, in jobs in corporate sure. America. Okay. And when he basically t- told me I would be good in music, I listened to it, but I didn't take him up on the offer. And then one day he came to me and said, hey, listen, we're going on a world tour and uh, you can go on this tour with us. And uh, I, you know, I can't pay you that much, but I can pay you and you can get the experience. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, how long is it going to be? And he said, well, it's a world tour, but you don't have to do the whole thing. You can do some local dates. And I said, OK, what is the lowest amount of time I can actually do it? He says, well, why don't we can do three weeks? And I said, uh, OK, I went to my boss and asked my boss, can I take three weeks off? My boss basically said, you can't take three weeks off. <laughs> we, we need you. He right. says, but I can give you two weeks. 
And I said, okay, well, those two two weeks turned into internal. I never went back. <laughs> so when I got on the uh, the tour, I basically was uh, a person pretty much a gopher. I was bringing coffee. I was just serving people. Mm-hmm. And, and during that time, I learned a lot also, too, that is power and service. I always tell people uh, to this very day, look for opportunity. Don't look for money. If you chase money, it's going to get away from you. But if you look for opportunity, you're going to have money for a lifetime and not a lunchtime. So the bottom line is I got on that tour and, and I, I helped people and I was really, really grinding and hustling. And they, they said I was the go-to guy. Everybody called me the go-to guy. They didn't really know my name, but that's the go-to guy. <laughs> you tell him something, he gets it done. So when I got off the tour, because I met a lot of known people on this tour, known established artists. Mm-hmm. So when I got off the tour, one of the artists basically said, hey, we would like for you to come uh, help us in our camp, you know, go on tour with us. Okay. And that was my first gig. And uh, I took that and we had a lot of success. And one of my uh, good friends, he's no longer here anymore, Joseph Gelman, God bless his soul. Uh, Joseph Gelman was an entertainment attorney that basically was helping us in the music industry. And mm-hmm. he told me one day, he said, kid, you got it. You got that that niche. You can do it really, really well. You can do something big. And I said, Joseph, I would love to uh, start my own business. I would love to have my own management company, but I don't know the first thing of how to start it. And he said, you know what? Don't worry. I'll help you start it. I'll show you how to do it. Okay. So he basically uh, showed me how to do it. He handled all of the paperwork and everything I needed to do. And the music company was born. It was called RKD Music Management. And we had a lot of success, a lot of uh, platinum record uh, projects, gold record projects, uh, and also two. So the funny part was basically when it came down to the revenue that was making in the music company, was making quite a bit revenue. But at the end of the year, when we got ready to do the numbers and when it was time for me to get paid, I basically got virtually pennies. And I was like, well, how is this possible? We made all of this money and this is all I get. And, uh, you know, Joseph would lay all of the, the accounting down right in front of me. Look at it. You know, hey, listen, all of the dinners and all of the studio and all the things that we were spending, you were spending like it was crazy. That's exactly why. So uh, the industry changed. We were in, at the time, a CD industry where we were had we had CDs and our profit margin was like 50%. So at the time, we were making maybe about five bucks a CD. And we were everywhere. We were in all of the... Best Buys and all of the music stores and all that stuff. Sam Goody and rec- record companies way back then and, and there. Right. And we made us a, a lot of revenue, but the industry shifted from a CD industry to a download industry, 99 cents. So at that particular point, we were out of business. Uh, mm-hmm. Things was, were, were tanking. And then uh, Joseph had some health problems, so things start to tank. So I end up owing more than what I made in taxes. Oh, my goodness. So when that happened to me, it was a very, very trying time in my life. And I, I did the same thing I'd done earlier. Like I said, when I was suffering with the dyslexia, it was it was a challenging time. Things were tanking. And I said to myself, uh, Tracy, I said that um, I will never get myself in a position like this again when it comes down to business. Mm-hmm. And what I did was I everything I can get my hands on about finance, I read it. I mean, I'm talking about I studied for about three and a half years, four years straight, just finance, studied, 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 uh, checked into school, took classes on finance, studied, studied, studied. Now, doing that transition, that's when I found my passion. I always tell people, when you find your passion, you'll find your purpose. Mm-hmm. I found my passion. My passion was that I really, really like to build people, help people. I'm an entrepreneur, and that's where my passion came. So 
I basically from there became a financial advisor. And I, I worked for a lot of uh, known firms. But every time I worked for a firm, I went from the bottom to the top really, really quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was no difference when I was out on the streets at a young age as, as a uh, troubled youth. I went from the streets to corporate suites. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line was I, um, you know, I, I advanced really, really well in those firms, got a lot of uh, awards. So at that point, I said, you know what? I'm going to start my own finance company, my own firm, financial firm. And I launched my financial firm and it's called Aqua Financial Center, aquafinancialcenter.com. That's my, that's where it is, but Aqua Financial. And uh, doing very, very well. Uh, we specialize in retirement strategies, uh, wealth preservation, uh, uh, college planning, uh, investments. That's what we strategize in. And not only that, I pretty much uh, not only help people with their finance, I also help people in terms of uh, life coaching, dealing with their day-to-day problems that are real. So that's how everything began for me. And that's how I got exactly where I am now. Long story. That's my story. I'm going to stick to it. <laughs> and he's not changing it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no. And, you know, I, I can uh, I can feel you when it comes to the uh, I won't say troubled youth because I wasn't a troubled youth. But I think for me, uh, my father was a 23 year veteran of the of the service, you know, United States Army. And uh, so I grew up all my life in, in, in a very structured environment. Now, it my dad wasn't very wasn't super regimented about things, but there's this, you know, it, it's just part of the routine. It's the lifestyle, right? And uh about I think it was my mid late mid teens, uh he decided to retire and he retired out in Southern California. And so and I I often say it's not only probably one of the most liberal places in the world or in the United States, but in the world as well. So I went from, you know, regimented military background to wow, All freedom, freedom. Oh right, right at the time when any young man is going to start testing the boundaries yeah. in the first place, you know, and, uh, you know, I started hanging around with the wrong folks and, uh, and here's where it really hooked me. So, and I, cause I was like you, I was, I was smart, right. It was good in school. Um, but when we, when we Southern, Southern California, the public school I was going to a, it didn't have the competitive, um, I was into gymnastics. It didn't have competitive gymnastics for the boys. It had it for the girls. All right. right. So I became a cheerleader, whatever. It's good. Um, but then I started taking classes that I was like, I was coming home to my mom and dad going, I've already learned this like three years ago. Uh, and I took a German class. Now, mind you, my grandfather is German. I grew up speaking the language. While my dad was in the service, I spent six years of my life over in Germany, out on the economy. So I I could converse wow. really easy. So we get there and I'm taking this German class. I'm, I think it's eighth grade. And I got an F on a test and I was flabbergasted. I'm like, what the heck is this all about? And I was sitting there and I was chatting with my dad and I'm like, dad, don't, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. So I was having him gut check me and my dad was raised by a German, right? And he goes, your answers are right. So we go and we got, go to the talk to the teacher and the teacher that was teaching the class could not speak the language. She was oh, teaching from the book, right? So right. she was thrust into the class, probably have no choice of her own, right? Uh, but it, because what I wrote down didn't match what was in her her book, I was wrong. And he's like, you need to get a different job because you can't teach a language you can't speak. Anyway, that just kind of disheartened me to the whole scholastic adventure. And I stopped going more and more, you know, which put me more and more with those 
those folks that you're you you're, you were mentioning in, in your in your youth, where you're like, all right, we're going to start traveling down a wrong path, right? And, uh, you know, and I don't care how smart you are or anything, you start a path if you keep if you don't get off of it, it's just going to happen, right? It just that it's like yeah, that snowball; it starts rolling. Thing happens in, uh, in in finance. If you hang around nine broke people, you're going to be the tenth. There it is. Yeah, and I always thought that was the funniest thing on the planet. So uh, you lose a job. So you and your buddy lose your job, and your buddy's hanging down at the bar, you know, griping and moaning to the other guys hanging out at the bar about, well, I, I can't find a job. Well, you're out there, you know, you're grinding away, right? I don't care what you're doing. You're either out there b- delivering mail, cleaning cars, the toilets, whatever. You know, I worked a dock. I have no shame in it. I'll get out there right. and work a warehouse with anybody. Um, when I got out of my dark times, I don't know how much you know about my story. I ended up on the really dark side of the Southern California scene for a while into the drug scene. I mean, literally five Oh kicked open the door to my home. Uh, I, I was that far into it. And luckily I wasn't there yeah. when it happened. Right. So I didn't go to right. jail or anything, but it certainly it was a wake up call. And so, but because I had been on that seedier side, you know, inside, I felt like, okay, I just can't jump right back into corporate America. Right. Yeah. Uh, I had to, you know, I had to build myself back up and a life coach, you understand that. Right. So I I did those things. I did those uh, filing job, warehouse job, cleaning toilets, you know, working on a dock. And when I felt the self-confidence back, I put myself back in the game and I started working, you know, my way up into corporate America. And did okay. Why, so, why did you fight so hard? I mean, what made you fight so hard? What made you fight back so hard? I think this is a very pivotal moment. I, I think, you know, you could have, what made you just, what made you humble yourself and work yourself back up the letter? My daughter, my daughter, when the Your police, why. yeah, that was my why. That was, that was my who. I'll even go back further past the why, uh, because it was, I've always identified with family first. my That's how my dad just, he drove that in. No matter what's right. going on, you, family, right? Then you take care right. of you. And so when the uh, when they kicked open my door, I had a three-month-old daughter. And, uh, you know, that was kind of a, oh, you know, the, the light bulb goes off, the clouds open up, whatever power you believe in is shining down on you saying, now it's time to decide, right? Exactly. And uh, for me, it was like, all right, it's not just me anymore. I'm not hosing up just my life. You know, if it, if it had been just me, I may have continued on that arrogant path of, oh, I can beat these guys. But now right. I had, uh, you know, I had Tylea in the picture and uh, I had a very supportive family and uh, a man who I called brother to the day he passed away not too long ago. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, we, we were we were brothers from another mother. Right. Uh, we right. met in early teens and we just clicked. And uh, so between between those, I had an awesome support group. And I was able to hand over care to my daughter for a couple of weeks while I slept off and, you know, cleaned my body and everything. And I didn't go to rehab. I mean, I just did this cold turkey. I said, Whoa. Mom, you know, I, d- I need you to, you know, keep an eye on her. And she's like, you do what you got to do. And literally, I just passed out for probably, it was probably, I, I'm going to try and be realistic and say it was five, six days, you know, and I get up just enough to to feed myself and then. You know, my body is just trying to fix. And so, yeah, to your point, it was that 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 reason was my daughter. She saved my life. And wow. I've been thankful for that every step of the way as it, as uh, as time has gone on. So I feel you when it comes to finding that passion to get your purpose. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, in your in your life coaching room, let's, let's dig in there for a little bit. Uh, what 
when you're when you're working with a client, what are you finding most often is maybe holding them back from realizing their dream? You're now listening to, to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. I, I, I find most often that um, people spend more time outside of themselves and very little time with themselves. Mm, okay. Uh, and I think that a lot of it is 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 culture. Uh, you know, culture is basically how you do something. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people we pretty much have a culture and that we follow. And most and in most cases, it happens with our families. You know, your mom and dad may have a desire for you to do something, and you're doing things basically because of what they may want you to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have that influence. And also what I've noticed uh, through my research, the average college student changed their major four times. Mm. And when you find out why they changed their major, they changed their major because they really never really found their passion. They didn't didn't know what they wanted to do. They were basically going according to in some outside influence. Right. So what I find is, is like I said, most people spend more time outside of themselves than with themselves. Yeah. And uh, living in a society that's fast paced, uh, people spend more time with other things that take their attention away. They're they're drifting most of the time mm-hmm. and no one is really identifying with who they are. And I think some of us grow up like that. We go through life. We get we have a family and we grow up like that. We grow up unfulfilled. Yeah. And it's a lot of unfulfilledness out there. So as a life coach, when I talk to people, I basically bring them back to where they are. And in, in some cases, they don't know exactly where they are. Mm-hmm. But I bring people back to try to identify with who are you? You know, uh, what's your purpose? Why do you exist? You know, what's your why? What's your mission? And, you know, most people, when you talk to them, they sound scripted. They sound just like the average person. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, mm-hmm. You know, and people are trained to be spectators. Yeah. They're trained yeah. to be spectators, not trained to be leaders and not trained to be you know, uh, uh, trendsetters, they're, they're spectators. So what I do as a life coach, I pretty much break that down. I talk to people and find out and get them in touch with themselves. And once they take a critical look at themselves, uh, they begin to realize that they have everything they need. I think everyone has, uh, uh, you have greatness inside of you, but yeah. undiscovered greatness. Mm-hmm. But once you discover it, uh, then life turns around. So that's my main objective is to dig deep when I talk to my uh, clients. I dig deep. And that's what you got to do. I think so. I think you're, you you hit the nail on the head. And I talk about this probably far too much. People are going, God, I'm so tired of hearing about this, but I think it's really that important. Um, I was lucky enough to have a, a a couple of people in my life, uh, my parents early on. And then beyond that, that always gave me the feeling inside that I could do whatever I wanted to. And they never said, go do this, right? Hey, you're going to be a doctor or you're going to be a lawyer or you're going to be this. I mean, I I know growing up and maybe you went through this too. I mean, I changed what I wanted to be so many times. I mean, once you get past the kid thing of, oh, I want to be a policeman or a fireman or president of the United States. I mean, there was a point in my early teens, I actually said, I want to be a forensic pathologist. Right. Right. And then I found out probably about a, a year or two after I started digging into that, that my uh, red green colorblindness would be a detriment to that career path because, you know, slight variations in tissue color could be the difference between life and death. Okay. Let's, let's not go and risk killing anybody. <laughs> right. You right. know, so, you know, I spent, you know, a long time uh, going down p- different paths. Okay. Well, 
I'm smart when it comes to math. Uh, I don't, uh, but I don't like, I don't like financial numbers. And when I say don't like them, it's like, I'm not afraid of them. It's just like, I, I don't want to spend all my time in it. And then I found computers. Oh, right. And the, and the sky opened up. Uh, but I was already traveling down this uh, business path in, in college. And I, I did college while I was in the military. And then uh, when I got to Coca-Cola, I found marketing. Oh, right. Now numbers and marketing, they work real well together because you can do all the analysis. So, I mean, and it's not any one thing, but it was this stack of things. And you can probably echo this when you talk to folks or, uh, of course, uh, as you go through your life, you have this one passion over here. And then later on, you find another passion and you can put those two together and make magic. And then you find another passion. You put that, you add that in there and the magic just adds to it. I mean, you're your music path started, uh, you know, working some magic for you. And then you found numbers to build on that. Now you're on, you're on a whole new magic path and now you're helping others find theirs. Right. And I always tell people, uh, Tracy life, we always are going from nowhere to somewhere. Like I'll give you an example. You probably never thought that you would be doing what you're doing right now. No, not at all. So you go from nowhere to somewhere and, and we're not, um, we're not built to stay the same. Mm hmm. And I always tell people that success is often found in the pile of mistakes. But right. the problem is most people are afraid to make a mistake. So all of us are safeguarding, safeguarding, unfulfilled, uh, uh, spending more time outside of ourselves. And sometimes we just have to get our shift together. I didn't curse shift. <laughs> no, I heard you. <laughs> Someone has to come in and have a critical talk with you and, and actually help you to tap into some of those things that are great that's inside of you. And as long as you have a why, uh, you can get over anything. You yeah. know, you can get through anything. You can get over anything. And I find that uh, in the place where you personally think you're not good at, that's where you're good at. It's funny. You may say, I'm not good at math. <laughs> but <laughs> once you get involved and apply yourself, mm -hmm. you'll turn out to be a better mathematician than the next person. Mm -hmm. It's always in a place where you think yeah. it's not. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right there. Actually, in uh, in my uh, my time at Coca Cola, I did uh, a lot a lot of math. I learned all kinds of forecasting uh, algorithms and what have you, and I applied those uh, my, my computer brain in using that math to uh, make, to make my literally to make my job easier, and that that helped me on that rise inside the corporate America arena. Yeah. So you're you, you're absolutely right. I also find uh, for me, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. Um, uh, your magic is usually in something that you might take for granted. Yeah, you know, it's funny when you say something you might take for granted. See, when I was telling you earlier that if you don't know who you are, mm -hmm. how do you know really what you want? Mm -hmm. And most times we think we want certain different things. But the bottom line is, is that when you find passion in something that you're that you're doing, it's not really classified as work. It's something that you do free. No, that's true. So I think that uh, once you bridge the gap of unfulfilledness, that's how you can you can get people on the right track. Because mm -hmm. I know for a fact that um, I always tell people in life, there's never any losses. There's only lessons. Mm -hmm. And that's the mindset you have to have. So you have to have the mindset to say, hey, these things are happening to me or these things are happening for me. Yeah. So. You know, I, I know for a fact that when you go through life and you have a lot of setbacks, disappointments, a lot of bumps, all those different types of things, those are the things that are pretty much developing you and forming you. I think everyone, this is funny, this is my analysis. I tell a lot of my uh, clients, everyone is a masterpiece. 
but you are the artist. And when you think about a masterpiece, you're talking about the artist basically having a hammer and a chisel chipping away at that masterpiece. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can take a lifetime, but it takes time. Mm -hmm. But we all are work in progress. But once the quicker you find out who you are, you get closer to your masterpiece. And that's what it's all about. All of us are always, you're always a, you're always a developing, you're, you're, you're always a building and that's what it's all about. So you have to understand that. Like I said, I just want to tell people who are looking and listening, you got greatness inside of you. You have everything that you need, but if you spend more time outside of you and never with yourself, you'll never know exactly who you was or who you could have been. I think the graveyard is one of the most expensive places on the planet earth. Yeah. There's more buried dreams there, ideas there, unfulfilled purpose in the graveyard, in the cemetery. That's one of the richest places. Yeah. And amen to that. I hear you there. All right. So let's get in here. I want to I want to be mindful of your time and I appreciate you hanging out. But uh, let's see if you had you know, we're, we're the folks that are that you have the era of right now. A lot of them are, uh, you know, the uh, budding entrepreneurs for the most part. Now, some of them are already cashing checks, but a lot of them are looking to, you know, start, restart or kickstart their their business and, and sometimes their life. And that's why I try to come at this this particular show with, uh, you know, that entrepreneurial spirit, but with that fact that you can't, you know, if your if your mindset is jacked, your biz set is jacked as well. Uh, given that, if you had any top tips for our entrepreneurs, be they business or financial or, or, or personal development, what would you want? What would you want to share? First thing I would share is your greatest asset is your mindset, mm. not your assets. Your greatest asset is your mindset, which mm. means. If you have the right mindset, you can get over any obstacle, any hurdle. Mm -hmm. Right now, especially during time of pandemic and very shaky markets, uncertainty, half of America out of work. I think this is an ideal time to really, really capitalize. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when you have to, you you got to keep something in mind, especially with those individuals who's been affected. Because a lot of people people have been affected. Business has been affected. I always tell people the average millionaire has six streams of income and the average American has two jobs. Right now, it's extremely important that you get busy. Find something that you are good at. Mm -hmm. Uh, Create multiple streams of income. I don't care if you can bake cookies, bake cookies, whatever it may be. Right. Go back to the basics. Just create multiple streams of income. And also, we got to keep something in mind that we're dealing with a new industry. It's a new world. The world is not going to come back the same. Mm-hmm. You go into the supermarket, you see machines. You go into the bank, you see machines. You go into the airport, you see machines. AI is taking over artificial intelligence. In the next five years, uh, uh, we're going to have about 85 million jobs in America that's going to be displaced through artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. So the new way of doing business and the new way of, of not only doing business, conducting business is what we're doing right now. Yeah. Technology. If you have a smartphone, you bet you're not that smart if you're not using it to generate funds. Yeah. And and so the bottom line is, is that we have to really, really uh, change our, our, our mindset, especially in what's going on right now, because it's a, it's a new world, it's a new society. And like I said, I would tell people right now that it's extremely important right now that you um, come up with a plan for your future. And most people, they don't plan to fail. They just fail to have a plan. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how bad it looks. But if you put together a plan, you can win. But there's some things that are extremely important. Uh, we don't really understand the money game. Mm-hmm. We don't understand the money game. Uh, you know, you really, really should go and during these times like right now and 
and, and, and get yourself educated, self-educate yourself about financial literacy. That's the reason why I'm on a national campaign to spread financial literacy, because we don't understand the money game. For instance, the bankers in America, the major banks on average give us minus 1%. Inflation is about four yeah. and a half. So yeah. you got to have 5% or greater just to beat taxes and inflation. So we don't understand things like compounding interest, the rule of 72. So we got to really educate ourselves about finance. Once we educate ourselves about finance, and once we realize that our greatest asset is our mindset, that's exactly how we're going to actually win. And I think change is good. I always tell people tough times may come, right? But tough people get over tough times. Right. That's what it's all about. So right now you just got to pretty much bunker down. Don't sit still. Start creating some things. Start making things happen. If you're an entrepreneur, I always tell people, if you're an entrepreneur, and especially if you have a job, if you have a job, you let you have to take your nine to five and turn it to your five to nine. You're not a true entrepreneur unless you're willing on working 16 hours a day for yourself. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you're not willing on working 16 hours a day for yourself, you are a entrepreneur. You're not an entrepreneur. And I always tell people in life, we're only going to be doing two things, Tracy. Either we're going to be working to fulfill someone else's vision or working to fulfill our own vision. Right. And it's safe to say that most people are working to fulfill someone else's vision mm-hmm. and not their, not their own. And that's the reason why we find ourselves being unemployed. That's how we find ourselves being laid off is because we put our destiny in other people's hand. I'm not talking against jobs, but I do know a job stands for just over broke. Yep. You're not going to get, uh, you're not going to be uh, in today's society working a job is not going to be able to give you uh, a great adequate living. So we have to do more than one thing. So the bottom line is we're in a new industry, a new world and the world is open. There's so much uh, um, opportunity. But you got to be willing on changing. And I think that uh, most people who are really, really struggling hard is because they don't want to break into that chain, that change. They're they're waiting for something to come to them. But right now, you got to really be proactive. You really got to be proactive. You got to look at what's going on in your life and you have to readjust and don't be afraid. Just just go for it. I I mean, I understand it's a lot of fear out there, but Mm -hmm. just go for it. I mean, go for it. You know, go after your dream, go after your destiny. I always tell people your dreams are not a figment of your imagination, just showing you glimpses of your future. Yeah. So right now, right now is the time to go for it. That's what I would tell people. Go yeah. for it. You, you know? heard the man get up and go for it. So Rory, I know you've got to have some great resources for folks to tap into for both mindset and financial education. You want to share some of those where we can send them if they want to learn more? Yes. Uh, first of all, I have a new book that's out. Uh, it's called Cracking the Rich Code. It's an international bestseller uh, with Tony Robbins, Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, and Jim Britt, which is a good friend of mine. Our book is called Cracking the Rich Code. You can actually go to RoryDouglas.net, RoryDouglas.net, and you can find out all the information about me. And also, uh, you can go to AquaFinancialCenter.com, AquaFinancialCenter.com. Right now, during pandemic, I'm actually conducting free financial literacy workshops during time of pandemic, aquafinancialcenter.com. That's where you can actually go. And that's where you can find me at. Beautiful. I'm going to make sure that we get those links down in the show notes so people can just click right over and get right to you. Rory, I definitely appreciate your time and you hanging out with us and dropping some of this awesome knowledge and, and sharing your story with our, our Dark Horse listeners. Man, I, uh, I, I thank you for having me, Tracy. And I just want to say some things to you before I get off. Please. I, story, man. And um, one thing I can say, man, is that uh, you are definitely a trooper. And uh, I call you a change agent. 
a change agent. So change agent. Keep, yeah, change agent. Keep doing what you're doing, man, because all roads end up back together. And I'm sure that we're going to be doing some things in the near future. So keep the communication consistent. And for those who are looking and listening, I spoke from my heart. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. And I approve this message. All right. Thanks so much, man. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's my man, Rory. Woohoo. How about that, my dark horse friends and family? Rory Douglas just dropping all kinds of entertainment and financial bombs, as well as a lot of the great insights from his high performance coaching. What are some of the thoughts that uh, you came away with? Let me share a couple of the ones I came away with. Thought number one, turn your setbacks into your superpowers. Now, if you're a friend of, if you friend me on Facebook, one of the first questions that I'm going to ask you is what is your superpower? We all have one. And like Rory shared with us today, often those superpowers reveal themselves out of our setbacks and darkest of times. And you, here's another thing. Often we take one or more of our superpowers for granted because, you know, it's like, hey, it comes so easily to us. I mean, now they didn't always come easy, I would imagine. So what is your superpower? I know you have one. Heck, I think you probably have more than one. What is the gift that you bring to those within your sphere of influence? And it could be something like just being a good active listener to your children and those you love. That, my friend, is a superpower. So please do not take it for granted. I mean, how many times have you heard someone, even in jest, saying something like, my mom, dad, brother, sister, husband, wife, doesn't listen to me and they don't understand me. That's huge, right? I mean, and that's often the baseline is some really troublesome communication gaps, many of which can grow into even larger issues. And this this goes well beyond just personal life. This could be in your business life. So these issues can get even bigger and bigger if not addressed. Look, just because it's easy for you to listen, you can be that great active listener or talk or compute, com program computers or do Facebook ads or go live on TikTok or Clubhouse or grow your audience. Whatever it is, doesn't mean it's easy for everyone else. So I ask you again, what is your superpower? Thought number two, life offers opportunities to serve. Grab them. I think Rory summed this up perfectly if you chase money, it's going to get away from you. But if you look for the opportunity to serve, you will have the money for a lifetime, not just a lunchtime. <laughs> he had a lot of cool little quick sayings like that that just kept hitting me. I wanted to write them all down, but I wanted to you know, listen to what he was saying. See, to me, this is also where your superpower will further come into play. If you continue to seek out ways where you can take your superpower and serve those within your sphere of influence, heck, even beyond, then you will find people gravitating towards you, wanting more and more of your superpower. And you know what? Here's what you'll find out. You, like Rory, will become that go-to guy or go-to gal for that superpower. And they will be very willing to pay you for it and you'll begin to generate the income of your dreams, your desires, and the income that you deserve. Thought number three, yeah, this one couldn't go bypass, right? Find a mentor. See, Rory was told by an attorney in the entertainment industry, you got it, kid. You know how to serve, and you're going to go places. You should start doing this as a business. And Rory was like, well, okay, but I don't know how to do this. There's, and this being all the detail, all those behind the scenes business pieces. 
and this gentleman was like, no worries, I got you. And they were off and running and end up doing gold and platinum level projects. Now, what if he didn't take that next step into the unknown? Or what if he attempted it alone? Hmm? Right? I would imagine he wouldn't have seen the same level of success. And if he did reach that same level of success, he probably wouldn't have seen it as quickly. His mentor helped speed up his success, helped him navigate the potholes that were definitely in his path, right? So look, here's the thing. Can you do it alone? Well, yeah, of course you can. But what if you could shave off months, even years of time that it would take you to reach the level of success that you desire? What's that worth? What if you could get to your audience faster, serve them better? What is that worth? I would imagine it's far more worth the cost, uh, far more worth the value that you that you can bring than the cost of any mentor or coach that you would hire, isn't it? And thought number four, and this one really rang out to me, spend some time with you. Look, if you're listening to this podcast, I'll make the assumption that you're digging for more, digging for more in your business, in your finances, in your life, in yourself. But if you spend all your time digging outside of the backyard that is you, then you're going to be like that man in the story that sold his farm to go off to find his fortune in diamonds, right? And if you haven't heard the story, let me, I'll just recap it briefly. I mean, he had a farm and he sold this farm and spent the rest of his life trying to go out there and dig and mine for those elusive glittering gems that so many covet. Meanwhile, Back at the very farm he sold, the new owner was walking around, you know, checking out the landscape, and was walking along a creek bed uh, on, the, on the property and found this odd stone. And it was a pretty good size. He picked it up and he, he hefted it in his hand. He found it curious in the way it looked, and it was kind of interesting. So he took it back to his home, and he set it up on the mantle over the fireplace, right? Never gave it a second thought. Some days, or maybe it was even weeks later, a friend came over and asked him about this stone and examined it, asked him where he got it from. And this new owner replied that, you know, the land out by the creek was riddled with ones like that. That one he just found larger than most and found it very curious. So he thought he, you know, kept it. His friend told him this was probably one of the largest raw diamonds he had ever seen. The original owner of the land didn't even bother to look for the diamonds on his own property. He just sold it and went off to seek the very thing that he already had. So again, this brings me back to my first question. What is your superpower? What is that diamond that you have that's in the rough, that's sitting there in the creek bed of your skills right now, waiting to be discovered and used to serve those within your sphere of influence? Spend some time with yourself to find it. Plus, here's the question to ponder. If you can't spend some quality time with yourself, to get to your masterpiece, to get to your hefty diamond, why would anyone else? Hmm? All right, my dark horse friends and family, what inspiring ideas or tips resonated with you with Rory's story and his drops of bombs, knowledge bombs, right? Whatever they were, please take some time today and put them in action. Find just one, one idea that you're like, okay, that's a cool idea. I'm going to give that a shot and put it into action today. And then get out there, run your racing, get your results, and then come back and let me hear about them. Seriously, email me at darkhorseschooling.com, Tracy at darkhorseschooling.com. Share the tip or the idea that you came away with. 
how you put into action, and what results you gain from that. I'm looking for these success stories. I want to bring them on the show or even interview you, uh, these, the, the, those with these success stories in the Dark Horse uh, Facebook tribe. So come over and join us in the Dark Horse Facebook group. Uh, go to Facebook.com and in that search bar at the type, type Dark Horse Tribe. You should see us right on top. All right. Now, on our next episode... I have the honor to bring on retired Colonel Carla D. Bass. Now, Carla served 30 years in the United States Air Force, retiring, obviously, as a colonel, one of the few women in her generation to reach that rank. Now, since retiring, she's gone on to work for a federal agency in Washington, D.C., but that's not why she's on the show. Mm -mm, no, no. She's here because she wants to help us learn how to achieve our goals through the power of influential writing. All right. Again, I know you want to keep getting all these valuable tips and inspirational stories from the amazing guests I'm able to bring onto this podcast. So please, if you're getting any value at all, please go on down there, hit that subscribe button while you're there, drop us a five-star rating and leave us some kind words in the review. And of course, don't keep all this entrepreneurial G-O-L-D all to yourself. Share this podcast with other entrepreneurs and business owners you know will get value from it. And with that, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.